0: Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast where we cover everything about the franchise we all love. My name is Nate, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brucker. Brecker how you doing?
1: Man, I feel like I just got spat out of a Sarlacc pit, but I'm doing so well because I had <laughs> an awesome episode of Book of Boba Fett to return to after I got out of the pit.
0: How are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good. I wish I had myself a little back to tank bath uh, for this morning because... This morning was a little rough, I think, for the both of us, so... Yes, it was. <laughs> good, good, good things for us, um, but good things for us and everybody else, because this is going to be a fun one, because on today's show, we'll be geeking over Season 1, Chapter 4 of The Book of Boba Fett, but before we get into it, um, I just want to plug our social media. I never do this at the top. I always leave it to Brucker at the bottom of the show, and <laughs> I feel like this, this needs to be said, so... Go ahead and check us out on at Blue Milk Drop on Instagram and Twitter. I think that's where we're most active, right? We're mm-hmm. most active, um, and I try, I try, I really do. Uh, but <laughs> eventually, we're going to come start and hang cool out with day. me.
1: I definitely want to talk about Star Wars with people, so hit hit me up in the DMs.
0: Yes, yes, and I'll I'll post stories and stuff, and I'll I'll go on live with some people. But mm, I'm trying. <laughs> Uh, but I think we, we also have TikTok and YouTube accounts. We're not active on those yet, yet. I think once we start like incorporating some sort of visual medium or visual things, right? For the show, I think that's when we'll start utilizing those as well. But for now, Instagram, Twitter, and if you guys prefer email, you could email us at drop at gmail.com. But that's up to you. That's a preference. Um, did, I, did I cover everything?
1: Yeah, we also accept smoke signals, pigeons, <laughs> message in bottles. All those are great,
0: too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holocrons. Yes, Holocrons sent us a message out in the holonet. We'll be there. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so on today's show, this is what we're going to be covering. Uh, it's a little different, a little different vibes today. Uh, so we'll be covering the show details, as always. Our initial reactions, things that stood out in bold predictions. We have a new segment we want to introduce which is state your case this one is more experimental so if if we hate it we're never going to do it again but we're just going to try it out for this one (laughs) (laughs) Um, a surprise segment Um, i'm not going to tell you guys what it's about but i'll tell you the name of it it's called we called it totally not a humble brag so use your (laughs) imagination (laughs) Uh, we have our death star episode rating and then we're going to close out the show and that's pretty much the deal Rucker, you have any thoughts, anything before we get into it?
1: No, just, you know, thank you, everybody that's been following us and everything. I do post, you know, what are your thoughts on the shows and uh, on our Instagram story so I can read people's thoughts about it and interact and engage with people. And so thank you to people that have been doing that. And we had somebody say that they thought that this chapter, chapter four was their. They think that this was the best chapter so far. So thank you, Tyler.
0: Yeah. Tyler's not wrong, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, but I guess we'll, we'll save that for when we get there, uh, so let's go over some episode details, and then we can just get into the show, why are you laughing?
1: Because you're like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll get there, you kind of just ruined it, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it.
0: <laughs> I know, I, I agree with him, but anyways, well this episode of The Book of Boba Fett was called The Gathering Storm. Uh, the release date was January nineteenth, twenty twenty-two, with an official runtime of about forty-seven minutes. Uh, this one was written by Jon Favreau, as always, and directed by Kevin Tancharwin. It was Star Wars' his name. Dude, that's a, is a cool name. And no, I was trying to look up the pronunciation for it. Couldn't find it anywhere. These cowards—they just <laughs> typed his name in and just let him talk. It's like give the man his credit. Give him tell tell the people his name. But we went for it on Blue Milk Drop, so. That is, as far as we know, the official pronunciation of his last name. Uh, <laughs> it was produced by John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, and Robert Rodriguez. The stars for this one were Tamura Morrison, Migna Wen, Thundercat, what a name, Carrie Jones, Holy Jennifer shit. Beals, Robert Rodriguez, and Phil Lamar. Uh, who, if you're familiar with him, he voiced Samurai Jack. And in terms of oh, the cool. episode summary, here's what happened. In what seems like our final flashback scene of the season, we finally see how Fennec and Boba Fett first met. After saving her life from when she got shot in Mando season 1, Fennec repays her debt by helping Boba reclaim his fire-spray gunship from Jabba's palace. In present day, Boba and Fennec host the crime lords of Mos Espa for dinner and make a deal— Either help the daimyo go to war against the pikes, or get out of the way. And that is where our show ends. Initial reaction, Brecker, what'd you think? This was so good. This
1: felt like a return to form. I was <laughs> super pleased with this. This this felt like the most Star Warsy episode for the Book of Boba Fett so far. This was it has everything you want from a Star Wars episode. It had action. It had a heist. A monster, ships, funny jokes, cute droids, aliens fighting in a bar. I mean, this was this was great, and I f- wish it came sooner in the season because then I feel like more people will still be interested in the show. But yeah, the, what an episode! What an episode!
0: God, emphasis on cute droids. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was one of my the favorite. Little scenes. mouse hunter. that was, yeah, so good. Dude, that was hilarious. A little net. Um, yes, dude, this episode loved it. Breath of fresh air. This was like a hot cup of coffee in the cold, you know, warming up your hands. Ooh. Like it just felt good. That's how I felt watching this episode. I was just like, oh, what a relief!" This is because we we got so discouraged on the last episode, on the last chapter. We keep calling it we call it episodes, whatever. We got so discouraged, and this I felt like this one was make or break, right? That this yeah, it needed to be something big. And my my God, they delivered. You know, this was this was it.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's something that we were kind of talking about off mic uh, you know, throughout the week. was that like this, this was a pivotal episode because now we are over halfway through the show. There's only three episodes left. And so there needs to be something in chapter four that kind of, you know, wins people back or like goes, hey, now this is the plot and this is the conflict. And this is like the direction the show is going in because it's been kind of murky the the past couple episodes Mm -hmm. and i still stand by the formatting is so weird because i still feel like if we just had like the first two or three episodes with his tuscan backstory it would have been
0: great like i still think that would have been good yeah because it's almost like usually when you have like a a, like a flashback and a present day story they usually sort of like intertwine with each other in a way and those Mm -hmm. those like earlier episodes in the season there wasn't really like anything intertwining it was like two completely different things happening and I thought that was weird I thought that was a weird way to to kind of go about it but I, mm-hmm. I did enjoy it because I enjoyed the things that we were getting the background and stuff but now that we're yeah. at this point I do I'm, I'm starting to agree with you Brecker in that we could have maybe just gotten those out of the way and those would have been interesting in and of themselves Thank you. Yes, yes. I (laughs) I usually agree with you, Brecker, but you you did it on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think it would have been, I mean, it probably would have called for the season to be a few episodes longer just because of, you know, considering of um, the things that are going on present day that we have to get caught up on once we get there. But I don't think people will be upset with like four to five more episodes in a Mm -hmm. Star Wars season. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I guess just, you know, getting back to chapter four, this was really good. Um, i I really like how you described it cause it did feel like cozy cause it did feel like slumping back into something familiar. Like, cause it, this did feel like star Wars. It was really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really did. Um, <sighs> do you want to get into what, like what stuck out and like our bold <laughs> predictions since I, should, <laughs> since we're, let's just transition fully into it. I, yeah, yeah, it was yeah let's get into it i think the biggest thing that stuck out for me was that this did seem like the final flashback and i was just so distracted by the thoughts of my god brucker's gonna be so happy (laughs) when he sees that because the droid came up and he's like congratulations master fed uh your healing is complete and i was like wow they really just told us this is the last (laughs) this is the last That's a really good point too Yeah. yeah But
1: yeah, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty happy with that, and I mean there's there's, the, I mean the flashback was really cool because you know we get to see him get fennec, and I love the little like Mando kind of like music cue that we get. I was like, oh, I remember that. It's been yeah. a long time. Uh, so this was really cool. And I love that he takes her to to the mods, mm-hmm. uh, with you know with the the I don't know half droid half people, uh, like. T- star wars tattoo parlor um this was this was cool but i was also kind of just like what because like when like fennec kind of just like wakes up as if she didn't just have major surgery <laughs> she's kind of just like well this feels funny like i'm just like how is she not like screaming in agony and mm-hmm. just like freaking out like you did what to my midsection <laughs> you,
0: you know it's like well star wars morphine that'll it'll get you i i Dude, so I, I kind of liked that that mod parlor scene because it it kind of feels like this show is transitioning us from like what was familiar as a western in Mando right into more mm-hmm. of like an eighties steampunk type of thing, and oh, I'm okay. ki- I'm kind of okay with it, and I felt like that was like the intention of them giving us like the flashback and the present day scene because the present day they're like we very much so wanted like be more 80s in this one because it's a little bit you know past the original trilogy which was made in the 70s so it kind of has that vibe a little bit so it it seemed like they're just trying to give us a little bit of that lasting thing but it's like okay but we're also done with this so we're moving forward we are now (laughs) steady we are now 80s we're gonna have Terminator robot people walking around (laughs) get used to it and they're gonna have Power Ranger colored Vespas so
1: oh if if Fennec in uh, if Fennec and Boba Fett have Vespas, I'm gonna be a little upset. But <laughs> I did love the kind of like what you're saying, the 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 dude like in the parlor that was like doing the actual like I'm gonna call it surgery. I'm doing the like the actual surgery. 'Cause was, his little man. um uh, like his robotic arm that he kind of mm-hmm. like can just like take take on and off and like put on different attachments and everything that was really cool watching it you know switch from like the blow torch to like little like tweezers and utensils like that was that was super cool i was like whoa mm-hmm. this this feels like star wars it was just it was just cool
0: yeah I, it it all worked for me and they just they made us happy with everything else in it so it's just like why not um so I, I had a few thoughts for this. <clears throat> Speaking of the the whole scene of him kind of saving her. So I liked how, like you were talking about, how we got that little crossover with the Mandal- Mandalorian. So that was season mm-hmm. one, chapter five, for reference, the gunslinger. Um, but I had a thought too. So in that episode, she's trying to convince that kid, I think his name was Toro, that she's meeting up with a contact in Mos Eisley or something. And... I think we always assumed that it was Boba Fett who was going to meet up with her. And then when they meet, she's like, who are you? And she's telling them how she thinks Boba Fett's dead. So it makes me wonder like, who is her contact? Who was she meeting up with? Um, mm. Like, is there going to be some other person in play, which if they did that, it's way too late in the season. I feel like to introduce that sort of story arc, but I did think it was, it was an interesting thought that I had and it made me wonder who the possibility is
1: Well, here, I kind of want to play around with this a little bit. So I kind of want to link this back to last episode in which we kind of speculated that Fennec might be up to something fishy.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: not fully on board that theory anymore, but like just going off of that, when, if she was, because you know, about the time that were like Mando intersected with this was when the Pikes uh, betrayed Boba Fett and like hired those bikers to kill off the, uh the Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the Pikes were worried about a Boba Fett retaliation, so they went ahead and hired a bigger bounty hunter like Fennec to hunt him down. And that's why she was in the the sand or what's it called the Dune Sea already.
0: Ooh that's that would be interesting. interesting. That makes sense then, to why she's there mm-hmm. and huh and she, then she was a little all... reluctant when she first met him. Like, she didn't want to be around. Yeah. Him, and like, I think it's I like, this guy.
1: I think it's like awfully c- convincing for her to be like, Boba Fett's dead and like kind of just, just to make it, maybe just like throw him off his trail a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm now wondering if that, if they do go into that, like, this is how we find out and that like the Pikes actually hired her and that now maybe she is still the mole for them and everything. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know if they'll actually do that with Fennec. I think Fennec a really cool character mm-hmm. and I like her a lot, but um, that'll be interesting to see. And maybe, or maybe it could be that now she's had a change of heart working with Boba Fett mm-hmm. and how he, he, he gives her that whole uh, spiel about, you know, not working for bosses that are stupid and they end up getting you killed because she kind of sees, just being hired going with this theory just being hired to hunt down Boba Fett she almost got murdered by two completely different parties that were not yeah. involved at yeah. all so that'll be interesting to see if it plays
0: out that way I am 100% on board with your theory cuz that makes total sense if you think about it now cuz she's saying she had a contact in Moss Eisley the Pikes are operating out of Moss Eisley mm-hmm. they're her contacts they hired her dang dude you just blew my mind I that's it. That's I my hate to do cannon. that to you this time. <laughs> <laughs> that's my. <laughs> you always blow my out. mind
1: with like the trivia and everything oh, that you man. know about Star Wars, like the history. But I mean, I don't know. I think that'd be really cool. And me, this is why, again, I wish maybe maybe that's why they're doing the the, the formatting that way. Because how I said, if if he just went to the back to tanks, and that would allow us to have time with Fennec, Maybe they're doing that so that way we don't get time with Fennec. So that way. There's like more speculation mystery about like what she's doing with her free time
0: Mm -hmm. dang that's crazy i love that i love that but i will say dude i love that we got a fennec episode finally my goodness yes dude she okay i i thought throughout mando i thought the second we saw her i was like dude she is cool as like i really like her and um i feel like we got way more of the um Gosh, oh, I'm forgetting her name. The other main character that was with Mando, we got way more of her than we got of Fennec, and I wanted more Fennec. And we just we hadn't been getting that she was just basically just the sniper, right, throughout mm-hmm. the entire show. And then we saw like a little bit of like her like rooftop chasing of of those bounty hunters. But at the same time, I'm like, this episode we really got to see how smart she was. We got to see her like working in action like on the moment thinking on the spot like being creative and like her little gun is sick how she's got like yeah she little pops out the back she's got knives in there she's got that little droid that can like scout things out yeah it, this,
1: this was it was just uh, this, this was so good. she's Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this was like my favorite thing about this was that, like, we got some more like Star Wars tech in this Mm -hmm. with her because, like, you know, her weapon of choice is this rifle. And this rifle is super cool because, as you just said, she has all these cool little tools in the butt of it. And I loved the little tiny, like, recon droid that she Mm -hmm. sends into Jabba's Palace and maps it out. And I love, like, when they get the, the map back because that was like something I had in my notes is that this episode felt like a video game in all the right ways mm-hmm. and i think that's so good to get into because you and i talked about how uh, the mandalorian kind of felt like a video game but mm-hmm. like again in all the right ways you know how he would upgrade his armor and do these missions and he would get some sort of upgrade and things like that and this felt like that when she pulled up the blue map and you see like the little red blobs mm-hmm. as enemy guards that they got to get through so now they're planning how to do this heist and everything it was just mm-hmm. so good and I just love that still even in close range combat, her weapon of choice is still this sniper rifle. She's just so good with it because and it even made me think back to video games. Like there's people in Call of Duty that like, you know, that's how how they operate. They'll even (laughs) just run around and do like the quick no scopes or whatever. Like I was like, this is just so much fun. And Min Wang is, I think I just butchered her name, but she's doing such a good job. And she's almost 60. That's crazy. Are you serious? Yes. She does not look it at all. She looks great. Yeah, <laughs> for sixteen. Yeah. Jesus, uh, my God. Yeah, so she was just such a cool, uh, very cool episode for her to flex on. This this was a lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've been wait. We've been waiting for it. I feel like this whole time, and we finally got it. So it, if we get more, this is what this is what we need. This director mm-hmm. did great. Maybe. So I was also thinking about this. Maybe we're not giving. John Favreau enough crap for how he wrote these episodes. See, that's what I
1: was thinking as well. was like, how much is it really on the directors? Because like mm-hmm. the direction has been mostly good. I think it's just like you know the the scripts have been kind of meh.
0: Yeah. Except he, for this one. This one was really yeah. good. <laughs> John Favreau's had some duds. Like I think what was it? Like Iron Man three, two or three? That kind of was like eh, two sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he's he's capable of it. I know he's got like a lot of great things like to credit to his name, but at the same time, like this one. Mm-hmm. It's and it's hard dead. to be a hundred
1: percent on everything. Yeah. And especially like with big projects like this. And I also wonder like how much of it was like forced on him. Like, I wonder if he even wanted to do Boba Fett as a show. And like, I wonder if he, he, like he wanted did. To like... Oh,
0: he seems like he's totally down. He seems like he would want to take the full direction of star Wars. In my opinion, he just seems I... like a super nerd to me.
1: No, I agree with that, but I just wondered if he was more interested in doing like a brand new character, like another Mando, mm. but not Mando. You know what I mean? Like, like a different character instead of trying to, um, do something with a legacy character. Um, yeah, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because so he really did. He had that. free
0: reigns. He had free reigns on the Mandalorian, so in this mm-hmm. one, he kind of had to be tame and kind of keep it. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. That makes total sense. But I will say this director killed it. Um, we were talking mm-hmm. about it before, where he just has like a whole bunch of like interesting credits to his name, right? Like this guy was, would you say a choreographer for Madonna?
1: Yeah, like his his background. So Kevin T, uh, KT, <laughs> his uh, he his background is dancing, choreography. I mean, he's done he's written scripts, written wow, he wrote. he's written <laughs> scripts. He's produced shows and movies, filmmaker, director. Like he, he he's done everything just about and so i think that like i think that's good to for to have a person at the helm that's kind of like has like a toolbox for each of these different um portions of making a show or movie like this and like he's done several episodes of that marvel shield show um he i saw that he's done choreography for the jabberwockies um like you said madonna as well so this dude is I, i think that like played to played into the the action sequences in this because that that requires a lot of choreography right mm-hmm. and um, the the heist scene was so good in this like them going to get the his ship Slave One which mm-hmm. now they're trying to rebrand it as what was it called uh, Fire Spray a Fire Spray gunship fire spray gun ship, which, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm just
0: gonna call it Boba's ship. Um, (laughs) I want to talk about that. Hold on. You finish your thought. We'll talk about that afterwards.
1: But yeah, no, I mean, like I was just saying that this heist was so cool. It was a lot of fun. There was really funny jokes in it that we kind of talked about. I loved the... Like, the, the the kitchen droid that looked like a watered-down General Grievous. Like,
0: did you yeah. catch this? This was so funny. <laughs> the spinning knives, dude. I lost it when he started doing that. I was like, no way. They're not going to do Grievous. And then he started spinning, and I was like, this is... That was incredible. Um, I want to talk about this ship name real quick. So you don't like that they are changing the name of it? Because I've always thought Slave 1 was a stupid-ass name for a ship. One for, like, I guess the history tied to it um, because I don't know I'm brown and (laughs) and when I see (laughs) stuff like that I'm just like why would they do that and I just I remember even when I was a kid you know like before I really learned about all the things in the world and I was just like that is a dumb name and I think I even have like the lego set of this ship and I just called it something else like whenever I'd use my imagination so I I don't know I was I was totally okay with them calling it just the fire spray gunship and it seems a little bit more consistent with like, um, like Mando because they just called his whatever it was gunship the Razor Crest the Razor Crest yeah
1: yeah I don't know I mean <clears throat> I I don't even think I learned it was called the Slave One until I like, played Battlefront <laughs> mm-hmm. um I, I don't know I was like oh. I was always kind of like, man, that's, that's hard. That's fucking hard. Like I just uh, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't, cause like, cause we've always have known as Boba Fett like this character with like a lot of edge. Someone Mm -hmm. is like basically a bad guy. And I was like, Oh, that that makes sense that like the villain would have a ship called this. Like, it's not like Han Solo has a ship called that and like, Oh yeah, he's a good guy. And he has a ship called the slave one. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I thought (laughs) it makes sense for a villain, but, um, Yeah, so, but, I mean, I I get why Disney's wanting to change it and everything. Disassociate. Yeah, and, like, calling it fire spray. That's interesting. I think I'm just going to call it Boba's ship just because it is. But, I don't know. I feel weird saying because it makes me think of, like, fireflies. I'm like, that's not cool. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: was going to say, I was like, I will say, when you say it together, like, fire spray gunship, it sounds like something's that got a bunch of guns on it can really just do some damage. But when you just say fire spray, I think of, like... Um, do you know that X-Men character, Jubilee, where she like shoots fireworks mm-hmm. from her hands? That's how I feel like when I think of fire spray. I'm like, oh, that's kind of not a, not a cool power. That's unfortunate that that was your mutant power, but <laughs> you're a mutant. It still counts.
1: Yeah. But,
0: anyways, but I want to yeah. hear
1: about uh,
0: what all from the high stuck out to you. Ooh, Them, just like what you were talking about where they had the map and they had all the people up there, it just seemed like... I don't know. It made me want to start game planning. Like, ooh, how would I approach this in a video game? Because it really was like a game. Because you got to be strategic about these things. Because you you want to pick these guys off when some of them aren't looking. You don't want mm-hmm. a bunch of people to like bum rush you and then you're dead. You know? Yeah, kind of like liked... Assassin's
1: Creed. I loved it.
0: Yes, exactly. And I loved how they're just like, why would we go in the front door? Let's just go through this little like sewage thing. And I was like, man, that is creative. And then they. You know, make their way through the kitchen. They like stop that little, cute little mouse droid, <laughs> from <laughs> from snitching on him. And I don't know, it, it was just cool. The whole thing just worked for me. It was just it, it. I also liked how they gave us context as to how long, uh, his ship has been like in Jabba's palace. Like it's been years. Because mm. it seemed like throughout the show they've been kind of hiding like the timeline of everything. But up until Boba's like, yeah, I mean, I've been with the the Tuscans for a few years now and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, dang. like He actually, he is like a part of the tribe because as far as these episodes go, like you can probably assume he was there for like a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? But years, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, now I understand like where he's coming from. And I felt like it was a nice little bonding opportunity between the two of them too because, I don't know, it's just like two really good bounty hunters and just see how they both decide to like, problem solve in the moment and it all worked they had a lot of chemistry together and it just it was just one of the coolest scenes
1: oh yeah it was it was so good I I loved all of this and this this episode felt like it gave Boba Fett his edge back a little bit because I feel Mm -hmm. like that's something I've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of people complain about online is that he feels too soft like he feels too nice but this felt like he he really got his edge back especially when after they uh they finally leave the palace with the uh with the with the ship and he that goes scene. he goes I got some scores to settle like I was like oh yes like I was getting so jazzed up in this uh, this 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 fantastic gorgeous scene of him going through mm-hmm. and just annihilating the the biker squad mm-hmm. and this was this was this was filmed so awesome I loved it there was it was so it was just so good and you just kind of just see it was yeah I just loved it I'm sorry I keep cursing it was so good dude
0: I'm totally with you it blew me away it was dark but it started off like majestic in a way like it's got the bikers and you're you're seeing them you're seeing their faces but they're coming towards you and you're like this is an interesting way to shoot this but then you just see that speck out in the distance in the sun and then it slowly gets bigger and bigger and you're like no way. This is how they're going to do it cuz you think like it's going to be something bigger, you know what I mean? Like he's going to go in and like fight them hand to hand. He's like, "No. They don't even deserve this. I'm going to destroy them like little the little ants and bugs that they are." And it was just oh, <laughs> beautiful. It was captivating. I loved it. It was so dark. And he just oof, just annihilated. It reminded me of Star Wars episode 3. During uh, Order 66 when they're starting to pick off the Jedi, Um, Mm. which that was like a sad scene. But at the same time, it was just like, whoa, they just really gave us all of like the gruesomeness of this. And I felt like that's what they captured with this scene also. It blew me away. Blew me away.
1: Yeah, it was so good. So, so good. And I wonder if Fennec was just like, damn, what did they do to you? (laughs) Yeah.
0: She's like, whoa, dude. That is slaughter, my guy. Oh, that my is murder. Um, I love how right, she wanted well, to come, though. She's like, I'm along for the ride. I want to see what happens. She's like, so I'm interested. She, yeah, she's like, this is pretty cool.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, and then we finally get to where I called this. I think in our trailer reaction episode, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah. Um, we go to the Sarlacc pit. And Not to brag. He, <laughs> yes totally yeah this is this is the humble brag thing i called it i called this that he would go to the sarlacc pit and murder that thing that prison that he was stuck in and and we finally get a seismic charge bomb this was Mm -hmm. so awesome that that beautiful sound of it exploding it's it's so good this i i loved this and this was again going back to star wars because this was a monster you know we're in a ship it's, you know, a monster is attacking the ship. I was kind of getting similar vibes to Empire when the Falcon was inside that, like, crater worm. Mm-hmm. And this was, this kind of felt like that a little bit. And I love how, you know, Fennec just releases the, the seismic charge bomb into it. And uh,
0: this, this was just so good. I love mm-hmm. it. I love the anticipation kind of building up to it, though, too, because he's got, like, the giant window in the front of his ship, right? And he just gets all up in it and he's just like looking at it face to face and then they're like moving around the flashlight and the whole time I was like they're they're gonna do a jump scare they're gonna do a jump scare Mm -hmm. and they they did it and obviously we knew it was gonna happen but almost like freaking choked on my bagel when I was watching I was like (laughs) I was I was hollering I was
1: screaming I was like yeah yeah like I was I was so jazzed up dude Mm -hmm. and it was this was shot beautifully too because I love how The scene that you were just describing when he kind of like, you know, uh, matches eye level with it and we kind of just like get like a bird's eye view of the pit and you just see the shadow of his ship slowly encompass like the whole pit. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it was just so good. And it's also like it was also a funny reminder of how weird, how oddly the ship is oriented, like how like it's kind of like built like upside down, down or something. Yeah. yeah. So it was, this was
0: fun. Yeah. Um, I also thought that scene was good for Sarlacc pits in general, because I've always thought. <laughs> Sarlacc pit <that> representation. <laughs> yeah, dude. It gave him some street cred. Cause before I was like, what is this weak ass creature in the middle of the desert? that they're just like throwing people in some like desert kraken. And it just had no, like, uh, I don't even know. Just like no, intimidation factor for me because it's just there you know what i mean it's stuck where it's at it's just in the sand and it just yeah grabs people but like it being able to grab his ship and like almost just rip it out of the sky i was like oh okay so these things are like real deal dangerous to be around like this thing will actually pull you in and it will kill you doesn't matter if you're a person or a ship like it does not discriminate, and I thought that was interesting. I thought that was um, good, good, good for the Sarlacc Pit street cred. I'll say. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you there.
0: Um, can I talk about Sarlacc Pits real quick? So, <laughs> yes. In the uh, in the comics, they talk a little bit more about them, like a little bit of background. And the funny thing is, is that so Sarlacc Pits, when they're like babies, they can move around, and they look like like chickens. They look like plucked chicken like whole chickens oh <laughs> I don't goodness. know else I don't know how to describe it that's literally what it looks like and they can like jump around and stuff and it's only whenever they like start getting bigger that they have to like plant themselves into the ground and then we'll start like pulling things into it and it's just the it's Star Wars the was so thing. weird <laughs> Star- <laughs> no, right. it was so unnecessary in this comic too because he was just like, he was like admiring his starlight pin. He's like, "You know how I got this, right?" And he's just describing it, and I was just like, "What? They're chickens?" But okay, they're whatever. chickens.
1: <laughs> I love chickens, Eddie. Yeah, that's a uh, that's. <laughs> it honestly reminded me a lot of that. I think I think came in the '80s or '90s. That that movie, Tremors. Have you have you seen this? I haven't seen that. No. With Kevin Bacon. Okay, so it's they, there's these things called graboids, and they're basically like giant underground worms and so imagine if like the sarlacc pit was mobile they could like just like dig underground but mm-hmm. when they're like larvae or babies they look like they walk around like chickens as well it's like oh that's so funny That's so, i was immediately thinking of tremors
0: <laughs> oh that was probably the inspiration for it then wow look at that connections made the
1: inspiration for tremors
0: star wars definitely influenced tremors yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. gosh well yeah that scene aside i feel like that this episode was just chock full of just really good scenes and a lot of good moments Mm -hmm. where you're just like, Hmm, I wonder what that's about. And one of those big ones for me was the black Kersantan in the sanctuary, in that bar, just getting pissed at these Trandoshans. Like these guys are having a good time. Like they're, this is their Vegas. They're cashing in big. They're at the craps table or whatever it is. (laughs) And he just goes up and just rips off some guy's arm. He's like, no man, I hate you guys. And I I thought that was interesting. What did you, did you have any? What do you think of that scene? No, I, I love. I got it. a little bit of background.
1: Okay, cool. Because I I, I kind of looked that up as well, but I'll let you handle that because you are the expert uh, in house Star Wars historian for for things like this. But uh, <laughs> I I did kind of just love how he's just like you know he's slamming down his his mug of beer or whatever and he's just seeing those those smug Transdosians you know keep winning at that game they got like a nice little like uh, uh sexy looking uh Twi'lek hanging out with them and everything <laughs> and he's just like he's like those sons of guns like i'm just i'm going to i'm going to rip off that dude's arm like mm-hmm. i just i just i just loved it but yeah i was curious about like why is he getting so mad about
0: this and uh, i was wondering if, if you were about to get to that yes um so a little bit of background on the tra- wookiee slash Trandosian relationship in the world uh, in the star wars world so there is like a level of prejudice against the Trandosians on behalf of the wookiees because uh basically the Trandosians, like i, I think i said in a previous episode they're very much so like hunters and they must be like their they, their masculinity is judged by you know the biggest creatures that they that they can kill and like their god is someone they refer to as the scorekeeper. So basically, it's just like whatever things that they kill in the world are worth like a certain amount of points, and the more points they get, the more like favorably they're viewed by their their god, the scorekeeper. So Wookiees are considered uh, one of the top point getters. So on their planet, they would like abduct Wookiees from Kashyyyk. Bring them to their planet, Trandosia, and just hunt them Mm -hmm. like like, a big game in Africa, right? And that, obviously, like, they're the aggressors in this situation towards the Wookiees. So there is prejudice on behalf of the Wookiees towards the Trandosians because of how they treat the Wookiee species. And I feel like that was, like, a little bit of that building up for Black K. And especially seeing them be, like, successful in the moment, he's just like, no, dude, this is actually kind of pissing me off. And... Mm he did it. He did his thing.
1: Yeah. No, uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Cause I was, yeah, I, I saw similar things too. And is it true that the, the trans also, were they also like into like enslaving like other species, including Wookiees?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody does. Everybody does this at that point. Um, what do you oh, know? Okay. Share what you know. Just like from what I was
1: reading, is that like exactly what you said about you know them being hunters and like Wookiees were like big things, and even that the second episode or first episode of Book of Boba Fett, a transdogent brings a Wookiee pellet mm-hmm. to uh to Boba Fett. But I was reading that, like at least on the Wikipedia, that the Kashik and whatever planet the transdosions are from, they're like pretty close to each other mm-hmm. in like proximity, and so like they've kind of have always had beef with each other because of that but uh, you know the wookiees are you know very much against you know like enslaving other just creatures in general because we saw in the uh, uh spice mines on, on kessel that you know that they're mm-hmm. enslaved there and i at least from the Wikipedia i was reading that transdosians do have a history of enslaving other creatures including wookiees as well
0: yeah that'll do it that'll piss anybody yeah. off right um, yeah. I love I love how Jennifer Beals' character, like the leader of the sanctuary, she was trying to convince him, like, "Hey, like, we'll cut your bar tab if you don't rip this guy's arm off," and he's just like, mm, "I'll pay it's up. It's worth Rips it." Rips his arm off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, that was really good.
1: But mm-hmm. that is like that is a really cool thing, isn't it? For like Star Wars to tap into, because like you know, because like, isn't that? I feel like that's like a pretty big overall theme, and just like a, over the course of like human history you know like people being because like those two individuals in the bar didn't do anything with each other it's just like mm-hmm. what happened with, with their races or their peoples their ancestors like in the past and like they're mm-hmm. still mad about that I thought that was like a very I mean it was a very quick scene but I thought it was like a very interesting thing and I feel like it's like a much deeper scene than that face value because of that
0: mm-hmm. oh no I, I definitely appreciated it for what it was like when it was happening I was like ooh because I, I, I don't know It it was bound to happen. It was bound to happen eventually, especially with all the Trandoshans that are in this town, that he -hmm. would have some sort of run-in with them. So, yeah. And I I do like that Star Wars kind of touches on, like, real-world issues and, like, kind of puts it in a way that, you know, maybe you don't really recognize it right up the bat. And I think that's pretty interesting because, like, Star Wars is way more, like, politics and economics than people realize, and Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I, I think it's great, and it's... It's thematic. It's just what what all other great movie franchises do, and this one did it, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Sorry.
0: I'm so... I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Because I was just thinking, like, Jurassic Park, for example, is, like, commentary on capitalism as a whole, and I think that is just Ooh. so interesting. You know?
1: Yeah, but anyways, and I was kind of also gonna... wondering about that with, like, Jessica Biel's a character because, yeah, she doesn't want, like, you know, she, she of course, you know, she wants to, like, de escalate the situation, but she doesn't ultimately care about the trans because, like, she doesn't even like, go up to him and offer him help or anything. She's just like, mm-hmm. hey, like, this is bad for business.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it. There it is. Yeah. Economics, capitalism. There it is. <laughs> um, The next thing we get was um, this meeting with the crime bosses. And I thought this was. It was almost like kind of against what Boba Fett's kind of been doing like in terms of like respect and not wanting to rule with fear because he had all of the crime bosses of Mos Espa eating dinner over the trap door to the Rancor pit. And I was like, that is a flex, dude. Like you're <laughs> oh so hard. So that's hard. Like, I yeah, love this. That's crazy. That's like us eating dinner over a trap door with sharks at the bottom of the ocean or something like you could fall and die but at the same time like i don't even know it was just weird but it was just crazy and i loved how like the rancor like threw its claws up through the crate while these guys were like Dude. challenging his you know his rule and he's like oh that's fine you don't have to agree with me but you can also die you know
1: yeah i th- i think like outside of the heist this is probably my favorite like my, my favorite like performance in this because like tamara morrison does such a great job in this scene like i really want to give credit to his performance specifically in this scene and it feels it kind of feels like something that like a bond villain would do doesn't it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and i love how so so like the rancor like the claws come out everybody scatters except for boba fett he stays there and he just Mm -hmm. goes he, he says he, like, gives the Rancor, like, some food. He goes, oh, sh- she's just hungry. Here you go. And he goes, sit down. It's fine. You know, he kind of just, like, he said, please, finish your meal. You know, kinda, mm-hmm. but it's, like, very threatening, too. Yes. It's just, oh, God, Tamir Morrison's, too, it's so good in the show.
0: No, he's killing it. And I thought his movements in that scene were great, too, because they weren't, like, quick. Because uh, if you're quick, you know, you're kind of perceived as being, like, jumpy and a little bit on edge, a little bit nervous or you've got some tension building, but he was just very slow in the way he like moved his head around and he would look at people in the eye. And I was like, Oh, so he's, he's really getting into that like crime Lord type of thing. Cause I feel like sitting down there with them on top of the trapdoor was more of a flex than sitting up on Jabba's throne, looking down on them. Cause it's That's like a really good point. Cause he's like, I'm going to get in the mix with you and I'm going to be okay because I am way more, you know, way more bad than you are. <laughs> I'm this thing's Papa. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it won't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm good. I've been training with this thing. so. But you're dead meat, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but, oh my God. And I just love how he was just like, help me or get out of the way. And whenever like Fennec and him are talking at the end, they're like, do you trust him? He's like, absolutely not. And they're just kind of like yeah. talking about hiring people. And then we get that, we get Mando's music kind of playing in there just kind of hinting that maybe he'll show up i don't think he'll show up though i feel like that wouldn't that would not be a good thing to do in my opinion i think they're they played the music to kind of hint that we're getting characters from the mando show to oh, show up and help him. that's that's my thought i think like Cobb Bant's gonna be there i'm thinking maybe
1: <gasps>
0: yeah right because it's like i feel like he's got he probably doesn't hold a grudge against him anymore for like wearing his armor and stuff because he didn't know, right? But at the same time, I feel like he probably also respects Cobb Vanth a little bit because like the last time we saw him in The Mandalorian, you know, he's got new newfound respect for the Tuscan people, which Mm -hmm. as far as we know, Boba Fett is a Tuscan, right? So he's probably just like, this guy understands my people now. He's not going to treat him any different because that's what his whole deal was, was like fighting the Tuscans um, off from his like nomad town. Um, and then the other ones I think are going to show up is is the Mandalorian clan that as guns for hire because Fennec kind of made that comment where she's like yeah if you know where to find them and like the last mm. time we see this Mandalorian clan like they're in hiding or and I know a bunch of them got killed off but I don't think that was all of them um, yeah I don't think so, so either that's that's my thoughts sorry I was talking way too long <laughs> go ahead
1: no 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 dude you were stating your case I like it I mean <laughs> I. I was definitely of the mindset like, oh, like Mando, Din Djarin's definitely showing back up, with the po- with the possibility of other Mandalorians also showing up. But I didn't think about uh, Cod, Cod Vamp. I, I really, really like that. I think that that'd be really cool for him to show back up, especially since he, we know he is on Tatooine. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Exactly. I'm trying to think of like if there's like other like legacy people that like might show up or other like factions we haven't thought about yet. Um, other
0: faction was what do you mean like groups of people? Yeah, just like groups or teams of people that like we've seen in other stuff like Oh, I'm thinking just straight up Bounty Hunter Reunion, Bossk, IG-11, Dengar. Oh. Like I'm thinking all these guys. And Yes. Still so yes, I was yes, lo- yes, yes. I was looking forward in um Wikipedia, the obvious obviously the the main source for all new Star Wars. And <laughs> two episodes from now is one where John Favreau and Dave Filoni are writing the episode together so this is going to be the first episode that John Favreau hasn't written as solely like the primary writer because I'm sure he's got like background guys who kind of help him out Uh, but he's the only one this is the only episode where he's not just the main name and Mm -hmm. if we know anything from what we've seen in the past like in Mando The episodes where Dave Filoni gets involved are the episodes where his Clone Wars characters kind of get incorporated or his Rebels characters get incorporated into the show. So I'm thinking there, like, I'm thinking we're going to get like Cad Bane. And Cad Bane is like the nemesis of Boba Fett. So that, and like in his youth. So I think that'll be crazy. And I feel like we're going to get some sort of showdown maybe at some point. Um, But I I think two episodes from now is going to be absolutely nuts. Um, but, but, that's my thought. I love that
1: prediction of Bane coming back up, but I also wonder with, because I, I think that's where my head went to with, with, uh, Floney c- coming in that it would be like one of his characters. And I immediately thought of Ahsoka, but I don't, Ooh. I just, she, she might be just because she's looking for, oh my goodness, who, who, which was, who Admiral Thrawn. That's right. Yeah. She's looking for Thrawn. So I don't know if it makes sense. For her to like stop what she's doing there to help Boba Fett here, and I don't even know she even would want to help Boba Fett, but um, no, I like I like I like your prediction way more. (laughs) It makes way (laughs) more sense.
0: Thank you, thank you. I also Um, wonder
1: if Fennec has connections because she was telling him that you know like money will get you muscle, you know. So I wonder if she like already has some suggestions of like maybe other characters we haven't even met yet at all that she has connections to that she, that she will be willing to recruit
0: for it. Mm -hmm. So here, here's my thought. And I think it, it matches like the theme of all like the eighties modding and stuff is, I bet you her connection is this guy named Baylor Valence Valence. He background on him is he is a bounty hunter And he got super famous in, like, the 70s and 80s, whenever he was first introduced in the comics. So he's a comics character only, uh, as far as we know. But he got super Mm -hmm. famous because he looks like the Terminator, like, exactly like him. He's got the red eye. He, like, shoots beams out of his hand, which I know the Terminator can't do that. But he, like, shoots beams out of his hand. And he is, like, a super cool, nifty character who is modded because reasons that are irrelevant to this at this moment, but he is modded. And I feel like seeing the, like the, the kids, the mods, the youths and seeing the mod mm-hmm. parley, it only makes sense that Baylor Valence would show up too, because he is, he himself is modded. So, and now Fennec is as well. So they got something in common and I feel like that'll be a fun little joke that they would make, but who knows? And he, he'll be a good guy to bring up. Cause he actually is like pretty cool. He's got a lot of depth to his character.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That'll be
0: really cool. So yeah, I'm excited to see just who who shows up. Yeah, it'll be sweet. Um so that actually was not my state my case for like oh. some sort of off the wall person. Do you have anybody you want to get into or you wanna let me
1: no, I I mean like I kind of didn't have too many off the wall people because I I just I was like oh yeah like Mandos definitely showing up or like other Mandalorian's but uh, mm-hmm. um that's kind of just where I was at with this. Uh, so I'm interested cuz I thought that was the state your case so you're uh, No, no. So who, I felt who like that, that one was more
0: that that state my case was more along the lines of like I actually feel like that one's super realistic. So let me just describe the state my case state your case segment that may or may not continue for future episodes. Basically the idea was to like give us an opportunity to quote unquote state our case for a completely unconnected character or irrelevant character for making an appearance on the Book of Boba Fett and so my my thought for like someone who would be super cool to see on screen again and actually see them do something were the Knights of Ren and <gasps> Let me make let me make a case. So before I'd, I'd kind of been telling you, I think there's like very much so a bigger fish, like kind of like guiding the pikes and stuff and just kind of like coordinating the crime underworld because in the comics, Crimson Dawn is the one, like Kira and Crimson Dawn are the ones who are kind of mani- manipulating everybody into doing mm-hmm. exactly what they want them to do. And the Knights of Ren work for Crimson Dawn at this point. They are her like go-to, like, assassins. They're her muscle. Uh, She doesn't trust them, but they get the job done. So I'm thinking at some point, whenever, like, Boba and his gang go up against the Pikes, like, he's probably gonna beat the Pikes and it's gonna make them look bad. It's gonna make Crimson Dawn look bad. So as, like, a point of retaliation, she's gonna send her own muscle in. And I don't think we're gonna get, like, a huge thing of the Knights of Ren. I think they're gonna be, like, this intimidation factor in the final episode, but they'll send the Knights of Ren to go execute, like maybe some of the Pike leadership to be like, this is what happens when you don't do what Crimson Dawn does. what Crimson Dawn says you should do. Mm. And like has like new people come into play. And then the Knights of Ren also like go and confront Boba Fett. And it's like, Hey, just so you know, it's not the Pikes anymore. Like we're taking, we're taking this city back like, as Crimson Dawn. And it's going to be like this crazy thing. And, Uh, Oof! I don't even know. And sorry, I'm getting like way ahead of myself. And I think it would be (laughs) cool to like incorporate them because the Knights of Ren that we see in the comics, there's like a whole bunch of different people. There's some of the same, but there's a whole bunch of different people. They're like a bigger group at this point than what we see in like the sequel trilogy. So it would be a good opportunity to like bring in some other cool looking Knights of Ren looking guys and then just kill them off to like see them in action. Mm. You know what I mean? And to show like how BA Boba Fett is, but it was uh that was like more of like a glimmer of hope in my mind, and not necessarily <laughs> anything that, that would actually happen. It's just the twinkle in my eye at this point, but um I think it'll be it would be exciting if we did see them. Dude, I would love that so much. Because <laughs>
1: uh, that would be so cool. I wonder if it would be cool to have like a Knights of Friends show too that like they would spin off from.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you see that um there was like a fake trailer that was made for The Knights of Ren that had that people were saying leaked from Lucasfilm and then I think it was like Pablo Hidalgo came out and was just like no this isn't actually real.
1: This but is it a was a
0: made thing. It, yeah, it was insane. I'll send you the link to it. Um Please do. I want to see that cuz th- yeah, I it mean was a cool that thing. would be I, damn it
1: dude you always do this to me like like well like when we talked about bando you talked about how uh it's possible that Mace Windu would show back up and now you're talking about like the Knights of Ren you're talking about all these characters I would love to see Then you give me like excited to, <laughs> to to see these people
0: dude we can only hope we can only hope for all these mm-hmm. great things to show up maybe I'll put that link in the um uh, in the show notes as well just cuz it it really was just a cool thing and it it would be fun to see um, Oh yeah But I think that's all I have in terms of things I want to talk about. What other things do you want to bring up?
1: I don't have anything else besides that, like, this episode rocked. I mean, Boba Fett has his edge back. I loved how, because I didn't really pick it up until the second time I watched that at this, like, mob dinner party. That he kind of says, like, I'm not exactly, I'm not explicitly asking you to fight the war with me. I'm just more of asking... That if the pikes recruit you to betray me, that you remain neutral. And it's like more, that was like more threatening than I realized the first time I watched it because it's just like, oh, shoot. It's just like, say, like, hey, I'm not asking you to fight for me, but if you fight against me, then it's, then I will rain down on you kind of thing. I, I thought I was like, wow, this dude is, this dude's a boss. I'm so, <laughs> so excited.
0: You know what I'm excited about is to see like what you were talking about with Fennec potentially being hired by the pikes i think that would be or being hired to kill boba fett i'm excited to see if that plays out into something and that is something i'm like very much so looking forward to yeah i feel like they gotta explain
1: or at least like give some sort of hints as to why she was there in the first place
0: mm-hmm. yeah i didn't even consider it but dude that when you said that blew my mind i'm like ready for it but in terms of an mm-hmm. episode rating, what would you say? What would you grade this out of five Death Stars?
1: This this one was really good. I'm going to give it four out of five Death Stars. I thought that this was a very very good episode. I loved it. Um,
0: and so yeah, I'm going to go with four out of five Death Stars. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, it didn't get the full five because I feel like there. I feel like we're going to get one just insane episode, and I feel mm-hmm. like giving this one a five right now would just be doing a future episode in justice but i don't want to get ahead of myself but yes i agree with you four out of five perfect rating perfect rating for the show mm-hmm. all right well that said you want to go ahead and close this out Yes,
1: thank you so much for listening to this episode of Blue Milk Drop. I am Brucker and always I am joined by Nate who looks like a Goomba right now wearing his uh, <laughs>
0: pink beanie. I just want to get that in there. Oh, well, um, hold on. You look like Little Red Riding Hood before we even started, so don't you're not going to get your parting shots without me getting mine.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but thank you for listening to Boom, Blue Milk Drop. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Milk Drop. If you have any thoughts or comments or suggestions about the show, please Send them in. You could email us at Blue Milk drop at gmail.com. And we will see you next time with another fun episode. It will be on Chapter 5 of the Book of Boba Fett.
0: All right. Bye, guys.